Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and the excitement continues with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Bet just $1 on any football game this weekend and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. And if you're in a non-sportsbook state, don't worry, because DraftKings is home to daily fantasy sports, filled with weekly cash prizes and multiple ways to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or, in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 76, as Andy and I are finally back together, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about as uh, as the season approaches, and, you know, the stuff that we're going to talk about today, I this is more of me venting again, and but there are some good juicy things that I think that we're going to get into when I really want Andy's take on it. Uh, I'm having a tough night. I had a, I have food in my teeth. I know that's pretty disgusting. And I had a little floss pick and it broke like three teeth in. So uh, I'm in my own head right now, Andy. So hopefully you're doing better than me. So I have to ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing good. No, uh, no food between the crevices of my teeth. Uh, not that I think. I got, I hope not, but uh, no, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. No dental issues for me. I do hope you get your uh, tooth situation solved and it sucks because I know those like I have a water pick and it's pretty expensive so uh, yeah I'd be pretty pissed if it broke so not fun um, but yeah uh, hopefully we can get your mind off that with uh, some good old-fashioned Rangers hockey talk yeah and I mean I feel like there's a lot to cover and nothing to cover at the same time uh, the first thing I want to really get into is 
some of the stuff that I've seen on social media, uh, NHL.com, just all these websites posting the classic off-season topics where they rank players, where they uh, have you know a list of projected players to break out uh, next season. Just there's so many lists going around, and it creates so much buzz and clicks and debate. I just want to get your head on where your head is at in terms of who, like who makes these lists for like NHL.com and how much credit do you actually give them? Like after you see them, are you like, okay, that's a solid list. Or are you just kind of like rolling your eyes and like, this is definitely just clickbait. This is set up to like for people to get angry and, you know, type in their opinion in the comments section. I mean, it's, I, I definitely respect trying to do it because again, no one, no matter who you are or how, flawless you think your methodology or your line of thinking is you'll find people that disagree with your list so in that sense i get it i more power to you if you want to do that and especially if you know it's going to generate buzz but yeah i i I usually just look at especially from like nhl tonight or nhl.com or you just look at those lists and you just kind of yeah you kind of roll your eyes a little bit some things sometimes they, they they have things right on uh but then sometimes yeah, they're not so much. And I mean, even if you're trying to be objective, A, you have to understand that a lot of these writers might have uh, biases to markets that they cover maybe more a little bit closer or, you know, like I love Dan Rosen, but he's a big Rangers fan. So he might give a little bit more uh, credit to let's say someone on the Rangers, which is obviously as me as a Rangers fan would probably like, oh, cause I watch a lot of the New York Rangers. I'd be like, Oh, that's great. But then another fan might be like, you know, why is this guy ranked higher than this guy on my team? And you know, so I get it, but yeah, at the same time, sometimes you, you see these lists and you're just, you are, are they watching the same, especially because sometimes it's like, they don't want to disparage maybe someone, a fading superstar who's had a rough go of it recently you know it, it took years for uh the like the nhl tonight world to admit that duncan keith wasn't all that good anymore you know what i mean just because based on his body of work or drew or even a guy like drew dowdy and he finally has a little bit at least offensive bounce back so everyone's like see you never left it's like no drew dowdy was bad for the last four years you know that type of thing but yeah i mean i don't know i don't know if it's they if they're getting some especially because you know some some a lot of these some of these uh writers and pundits or whoever they're polling for these are former players so they might value other things and they'd be like yeah he didn't have a good year but mark my words he's still a premier player in the league it's like yeah all right like go whatever you know go take go take a bath do what you got to do but yeah i you know because they're clearly not valuing maybe what uh social media values or maybe some more progressive fans value because and i i do think it's definitely gotten a little bit more at least with social media in terms of how fans value players and how good they are they're very fickle you know whereas i think uh maybe sometimes writers will if guy has a bad season they're more willing to forget even though it's like kind of hard to forget like you can carter hart has one good season you're like he's the best gold young goaltender in the nhl and he has a terrible season everyone's like carter hart's in big trouble he could he could not pan out. It's just like, it's not, it's neither. It's like, Oh, he had a rough season. I better monitor this and make sure he's, you know, cause he's got potential cause he had a good year, but 
at the same time, it's like just because he had a horrible year doesn't mean he's going to be horrible for the rest of his career. But it's just it's it's always you know it's it's it seems like if you have the track record, they give you they're more willing to give you the benefit of the doubt, which I, I understand. But even if you're getting older, it's right in front of their face. But at the same time, it's like with these some of these young players are like, oh well, this is clearly not that good, even though you're like, oh wow, this guy is like absolutely killing it, even though he's not getting a lot of time. So. Yeah, I usually just kind of roll my eyes at some of them, especially like you mentioned the the official NHL ones. I mean, everyone remembers when they did the the hundred the what the hundred uh, best players in NHL history for that All Star game, and there was a, so much debate over that and people that were omitted. And so you know, but again, they get people talking, so it's doing what's supposed to do. Right. No, and I agree. And obviously, I think a lot of it is one of those. Uh, things where they know it's a topic where no one really can have a solidified answer and uh, it's so abstract and you know opinionated that if they just throw a list out there with really no thought to it they can't really be wrong and it just causes just an upstir and just creates clicks and all positive things on their end so I totally understand that so I wanted to play a little game Andy right and I I want you to I want you to give me because you're a very you're more of a positive person. I think you find the good in things. And I I feel like I tend to be a little bit of the opposite. So I want to play a game where you give me the three most overrated teams going into next season. I want your list of the three most overrated teams going into next season. Hmm, three most overrated teams going into next season. Uh, one, I would say the Chicago Blackhawks off the top of my head. I think just because they have Marc-Andre Fleury coming, uh, off of winning a Vesna, which was well-deserved by him and they're bringing in Seth Jones. And now all of a sudden it's like, they're a contender again. Are they? Do those two, does Marc-Andre Fleury and yes, you get rid of Duncan Keith with Seth Jones and Seth Jones is obviously better than Duncan Keith at this point in time, but. Is he that much like is he so good that he those two additions alone will pretty much pull them out of where from where they were last year? No, it's not. So that you obviously see some of some of the takes where it's like, oh, well, they'll get Jonathan Taze back. And listen, I think they'll be better just by, like you said, merit of getting rid of uh, having a maybe bit more solidified goaltending Lankinen, who started off real hot for them quickly, just fizzled out and cooled off as flash in the pan goaltenders usually do. But. But who knows? You know, Flurry's getting older, and uh, excuse me, I have uh, allergies tonight. But um, and yeah, just by nature of just adding Flurry and Seth Jones, y- yes, it's a it's a slight, it's an upgrade for them, but it's not enough, I don't think, to to really make. They might make the playoffs, but I don't think it doesn't make them a contender. It's not like they're you know. So obviously, they're getting a lot of hot buzz, like they're getting back in. It's like all right, they you know they endured kind of what because uh, obviously. You know, Taze and Kane were not too, none too pleased about the whole rebuild thing, obviously, because they're there. But uh, now it's like, all right, now we're going to go for it. And you look and it's like, well, yeah, cool. You got um, Kirby Doc, who will be healthy. So that'll be a nice boost. But again, it's like they're looking at trading Dylan Strome, who they traded for. And, you know, it's it, there's definitely not set up. They have terrible depth. They so. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're they would be probably I don't know if number one on my list, but they'd be one of the teams. Um, they're, they're definitely on my top three list, and I yeah. think getting a healthy Kirby Doc is the biggest um, 
offseason move that they really kind of had, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else I would think. You know, I think rightfully so people have sour, not soured, but Montreal just had too much, too many seismic changes. You know, obviously they went to the cup final, but uh, Shea Weber careers in jeopardy, definitely not playing next season. They lose Kotkaniemi to an offer sheet. Yes, they signed Dvorak, which is great, but they also, uh, I'm trying to think who else they lost a few other people, right? They, um, well, yeah, they, and they lost Philip Deneau to LA. That's right. You lose Deneau, who was their best, you know, and of all the teams in the postseason, if you look, they kind of had that team of best destiny where it's like, oh, they, they were getting timely goaltending and they, yes, they were playing well, but their metrics weren't that amazing. And they, Deneau was definitely their best defensive two way center, obviously. And he did a great job shutting down some superstars. So now you don't have that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, they, yeah, I just, I, so I'm, I'm, and I'm saying this that I'm not putting them on my list because I think people understand they've kind of lost too many pieces. So, overrated. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think because obviously there was a lot of lot of changes this summer. I think I don't know if they're overrated, but Vancouver is still going for it apparently, and they don't impress me at all. Uh, they didn't do anything good <laughs> this summer. So again, I don't know if it's overrated because I don't have a, a, a good pulse on them. But I don't know. I know their management thinks they're should do well. Um, I'm trying to think I'm having a hard time. If you, if you want to jog my, my, uh, maybe my brain here, if you have your overrated teams, I'd be more than happy to, to listen. Well, you definitely hit two of them. Uh, we had our differences on Florida. I think Florida gets a lot of hype until the Florida Panthers ever, ever win anything in my lifetime. Then maybe I'll consider them a champion or their future champion or give them like that sort of uh, credit. And they're kind of like the Mets to me. It's like, they're just a losing organization. You could put every single, you know, top player in the league on that team just because of wearing that sweater. It's just, they're like the coyotes there. Are they ever going to win? Like, and this is coming from a Rangers fan who hasn't won since 94. So uh, it's, it's just one of those situations. Dallas, to me, though, I have to give, like, the third pick. Like, I know they had the run to the Stanley Cup final. I know they got some really good pieces. Uh, They got a lot of, you know, talent. But their depth kind of is a question mark for me. And I don't know if their all-stars are the all-stars to get it done. I don't know if they have what it takes. And I don't know if they have the roster to win a Stanley Cup. But yet, they're always, like in conversation of like one of the better teams in the league. And for me, yeah, the Dallas stars, I don't know why they get a lot of hype. I feel like, you know, they're maybe the middle of the pack slightly above the middle of the pack range for me as a hockey team. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Obviously they're an older team in the league because most of their premier stars are older, but, but granted some of them are still pretty, you know, Pavelski is still a good has been a good player for them. But, you know, every year he might fall off a little bit. Ryan Suter, still very good as of last year. Um, Jamie Ben, though, obviously not the player he once was. Uh, Radulov, good player. But again, he had a bit of a just a so-so uh, year. Uh, yeah, their older team, they bring in, you know, they'll have Ben Bishop and Holtby splitting duties. So those are two uh, goaltenders that have had a rough go of it the last couple seasons. Uh, but yeah, but at, at the same time, you know, they, 
obviously, like you had mentioned their depth, they do have a couple of you know, promising players in that sweet spot, at least, you know, they'll have uh, Jason Robertson, who was obviously very good for them last year. Um, they're going to have, they'll still have Rupe Hints. Uh, they still have Haskin on the back end, obviously you still have Klingberg. Uh, yeah. And then they have like, you know, Fox and Lindell and Darius Gurianov and all those guys. I'm trying to remember their rest of their roster off the top of my head. So yeah, they, they have okay depth, but at the same thing is that their premier talent is not what it once was. And, you know, say, Sagan obviously still a very good player. You know, he's only, he's 29. I say only he's 29, but he's, you know, he's starting to, he's the same age as Mika Zibanejad. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but it, they're definitely not a shoe in, you know what I mean? I, I think obviously goaltending will be huge for them. Uh, but Holtby was had a rough go of it last season, right? Um, what a you know, I feel like he was it, it pretty much in and out from the Canucks. Just did the, that whole thing went horribly, and yeah, Ben Bishop is the older he gets, he's thirty four already, and he's had uh, his problems with his knees, and obviously because he's a bigger goaltender. So yeah, as he goes, I do think their successes are going to go. But at this, you know, as sometimes they, especially when they went to the Cup final a couple of seasons ago they kind of it felt like they was all going to place and they had they kind of felt like the islanders a couple but like this last season like even though they're older they're still can play could be good role players and be somewhat productive you just worry at one point the wheels will fall off especially if the the, the turnover under them is not as uh palpable as the guys they have on top you know in terms of your sagans your bens and your radulovs and your pavelskis but you know they, they could still they could still surprise, but they're, I don't think they're a threat, you know, especially because teams that are a threat are just these teams that seem to just, yeah, be have depth and be loaded um, and ready to go, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Couldn't agree more with uh, that analysis of Dallas. Uh, you know, it's just like it's a tough. I don't know. I like Dallas, the Dallas Stars as a team, but as a contender, absolutely not. So. They have a lot to prove. Obviously, they missed the playoffs last year um, in a division where I thought for sure they would be in it. I mean, all they really had to do is knock out Nashville. Uh, but Nashville, you know, edged them out for that last uh, playoff spot. So uh, huge surprise there. And I also think Nashville stinks. I don't know why. Uh, I feel like they're just like a they should be a bottom feeder team. I know they got some good players and, uh, you know, Obviously, a goaltending change in the last couple of years, so we'll see what Nashville can bring. Um, but I, I want to end it on a positive note, Andy, and thank you for, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, bashing some of the teams around the league, I'll say. Give me your most uh, underrated team, mm. you know, a team that you think uh, could bounce back from last year and, you know, maybe hover around a, a playoff spot uh, that, that maybe they were counted out last year. You know... I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't know how it'll. It's one of those things where it's up in the air. But I do like what St. Louis did this summer. I think they're a team that didn't. You know, uh, they had some troubles at the same time. I'm still not the biggest Bennington guy, but you know, they added Buchnevich, who's a great player. Uh, David Perron still unsneaky underrated. Yeah, Brandon Saad, Ryan O'Reilly, Tory Crew, great. Um, Tarasenko's probably going to leave, but who knows what if what they'll get back for him. But um, yeah, they I like their depth still. I like uh, what they get some 
So guys like uh, Kairou and Oscar Sundquist and uh, Barbashev. Yeah, like so they, they have some good depth there that I like. I I think they could surprise a lot of teams just because I think, you know, everyone kind of they did take a step back. So everyone in their minds are just not on the forefront. And people I think I do feel like they've been especially with the the news of Tarasenko probably going to get traded there that everyone's kind of maybe just like, OK, well, they're going to have to figure something out and kind of. But I feel like when teams get counted out like that, that's when they all, they start doing their best work. So who knows? I could see St. Louis having a little bit of a bounce back. Um, you had mentioned uh, Nashville is kind of in a weird transition where it's like everyone knows they should probably rebuild. But at the same time, they're trying to have it both ways. Uh, so I don't know if I would call them underrated so far. I mean, I, I mean, like I said, you and I have maybe disagreed on what we see the ultimate upside of this team, but you know, I think, uh, I do think Florida should be better this year because I think they were worse than the sum of their parts last season for whatever reason, even though they, it seemed like they had a good season, but like when it mattered, they kind you know, they, obviously they had to play the team that won the Stanley cup. So that sucks. But yeah, I still think they can go a little bit farther. Um, so we'll see. Oh, oh, and I, I actually just remember one for overrated. I still think the Flyers are going to fall flat on their face again. I don't think it's like great. You added Ryan Ellis and maybe Carhartt bounces back, but that alone isn't going to help you. And I don't think Keith Yandel does much for their inability to, you know, insulate their goaltender. So I think the Flyers are are not going to be better. There's going to be just where they were at. And then Elaine Vigneault will get uh, probably fired if it, if they're that bad. But that's just that's just how I see it. You think AV could get fired this year? If he, if they have the same season they had last year, yeah, he gets fired. <laughs> okay. You know? Well, I mean, God, I couldn't say I wish. I hope that happens. I can't stand AV. Although, the well, I know I want him. I want him there as long as possible. Right. Like, make up yeah. as many excuses as you can, because again, it's like it's he comes into a team that needs a, f- a breath of fresh air. And he says, hey, like, don't you don't have to worry about all the system stuff. Just do what you're going to do. Play your game. And like the team is good for one year because they kind of can push themselves and be uh, squeak some offense out. But as time goes on, they play less and less defense and they spring the zone and they're there. You, you become a like a bottom 10 team in terms of uh, giving up shots on goal. And that's what they did. And lo and behold, uh, if your go- goaltender isn't doesn't have an excellent season like he did the year before in Carter Hart or even whether it's Lundqvist or it was uh, Luongo, you get lit up and every night. You know, the Rangers, how many, how you know, Mika Zibanejad tortured them last year. That shouldn't have been able, allowed to happen once, much less like what the three or four times he did it. He had, a, he had you know, he had a, what, a, a six point period with a hat trick. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Shouldn't have that can't happen. Uh shouldn't be allowed to happen, but it did. And, you know, as bad as it, you know, the Rangers weren't that great, but we remember some of the, the, the lapses towards the end of the AV years. And we didn't see that nearly as much with the Rangers, right? Like they gave up some bad, timely goals, but at the same, at the same time though, they didn't have some complete mental, just like what is going on here. The team's looking at each other. They didn't have too many of those moments. And remember a couple of seasons ago, that was literally happening every other game. Well, yeah. And, you know, it's just funny that you say that because looking back at New York Rangers and talking about, you know, Henrik Lundqvist, it's like Henrik Lundqvist kind of made up for that, you know, that deficiency that AV brought to this hockey team. And it was one of those things where it's like, well, if AV style fits T 
teams that could have an offensive punch also have a hot goaltender. Don't forget, you know, going to uh, the Stanley Cup finals with Vancouver and having Miller in that, you know, AV is successful in that type of system. But, you know, once it crashes and I feel like the offense kind of loses faith in the system, then the whole thing goes disarray because now you're hanging out the defenseman to dry. Uh, if your goalie isn't an absolute stud and can be a stud consistently, then you're going to give up a ton of goals. And looking at the standings from last year right now, I mean, they were a minus 38 goal differential. And it was just insane watching Philadelphia actually live, you know, the life that the New York Rangers were living just a few years ago. It's just like the AV hype is not real. He just, you know, kind of lets you be creative on the offensive side of the puck. But if you're not committed to playing defense naturally, then the system does not suit that team. And you just saw it with the Flyers. It's just an absolute disarray, giving up tons of goals. Uh, Their goaltender, you know, who was, you know, in his early years, Carter Hart, they kind of left him out to dry. Does that impede his development or at least delay it? I'm sure it does. So a lot of question marks with the Philadelphia Flyers. But I, like I said, it's one of my hated teams in this league. So it couldn't happen to a, a worse team. Yeah, well said. And again, the Rangers are in, still are in arguably the toughest division. And that's not to say Philly can't surprise and be pretty good or have a bounce back of some sort. Uh, but yeah, they're going to need all the help they can get. So uh, a maybe a team that is exploitable and not well coached and uh, doesn't uh, play good hockey. Yeah, I think the Rangers could definitely benefit from having a team like that in their division because they're going to need as many easy outs as they can get. Because again, that division, everyone else in that division is really goddamn good. So, which sucks for them. But uh, you know what? I I think that obviously the Devils had a good summer. I think they could I knew surprise. This was Listen, I'm not saying I still think they're going to be one of the bottom teams in the division, but at the same time, it's like I do think they are they're better. They got better. Their their younger players got a little bit older. You know, Dougie does make them better. Uh, we'll see. You know, well, and uh, you know, I I mean, like I said, doesn't how much better does some of the acquisitions they made? Probably not. I don't know, not too much better. They're still again, but. Yeah, it, they could surprise. I mean, especially if if uh, Jack Hughes finally breaks out for them. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, they'll have Nico Heischer healthy. Uh, Tatar was a sneaky good signing for them. Uh, yeah, and other than that, listen, there's not there's not a lot more inspiring players. Than that, but who knows? Like a young guy like Ty Smith could have a breakout season for them finally. And yeah, they're starting to set the table for what they want to do in the future. PK Subban, I assume they're going to try to trade him at some point if they can. Or although I think this is the last year of his contract, so maybe they just write it out, right? Um, I think it's this last year. I'm not sure, but whatever. So who knows? They could they could surprise. They could be the spoiler team at least, right? Because I remember the Rangers were trying to do that a few seasons ago when they were rebuilding. It's like we're not going to go to the playoffs, but we could try to make it hard on teams. So uh, yeah, for whatever reason, I'm I'm almost a little bit more bullish on. Uh, on uh, New Jersey than I am. Although Lindy Ruff is their coach, so I, that should be said. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little bit more bullish on New Jersey to at least make things interesting um, and be a harder out than people think. But so I don't know if that counts as underrated because I ultimately don't think they go very far. But yeah, I don't know. They, 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 I thought they did have a good summer. And obviously they have some really good prospects eventually, although they, their time is not now. So 
Well, I guess it's a good time to talk about the division as a whole. I mean, I think New Jersey will be better than they were last year, but I don't know about record-wise. I still think, you know, matched up against every team in the league, they still fall a little short, and I think they're going to struggle to be above 500. I don't think they get there just given how many times they have to play the teams in our division. Um, But I really wanted to ask you, Andy, now, like looking at, you know, our division right now, I really do think it's the New York Islanders and then kind of everybody else. And I think it's kind of a, a cluster to see who fills out that second and third spot and who will be fighting for a wild card, which I do think will be everyone else except Columbus for sure will be not fighting for a playoff spot. They won't even be close. And I yeah. think New Jersey might be one of those teams where like, Maybe early on, they're kind of nipping at the heels and then they just fall short because they just don't have the pieces or the coaching. And, you know, they'll just they're missing that uh, maybe that X factor that they'll get uh, next year or two. So, uh, you know, given our division, you know, we've spoken about this many times, but what are the odds of the Washington Capitals and Pittsburgh Penguins or at least one of them having an offseason where they kind of fall down standings and, and don't make the playoffs? They've both been kind of due for it, right? It feels like. Um, yeah, I mean, it could definitely happen. Uh, again, Pittsburgh was able to kind of stay buoyant last year because, again, Mike Sullivan is a good coach. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, it kind of felt, obviously, their depth killed them in the playoffs. But they, obviously, they really, to get there, they, Crosby and Latang and, and, Malkin when he was healthy and which was always the thing with him. Right. And yeah, but uh, oh, that and obviously goaltending really hurt them, uh, but they're well coached. So but at the same time, you can only be well coached for so long and their players just keep getting older. And I, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think about notable things they did in the off season, uh And I, I'm kind of I'm coming up short. I mean, I, I'm trying to think I didn't really make any. They right, they got their roster right now. Like, I have no idea who's even on their team. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just, I think it's pretty much everyone who was there last year. I mean, they, uh, right, they traded for, did they trade for Zucker last year or two seasons ago? They, they got, got Jeff Carter. Oh, well, yeah, old-ass Jeff Carter, like, yeah. uh, Casper Kapanen, Brock McGinn, like, I don't know. Like, they didn't really add anyone. Like, it's just the same team, just older. And, like, their problem is never... Obviously, it's great maybe if some of their younger depth guys are another year older, but, um, you know, they have, uh, who knows, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, is it Pierre Oliver Joseph, um, who was pretty, who was played for them pretty, and was actually looked pretty good as an offensive defenseman early on, but then they sent, I think they sent him back to the, the AHL, but who knows, maybe he pushes for a spot. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's the same team <laughs> with, with still a bunch of old guys and like, you know, I don't know. I just feel like you, they have, obvi- it's good. They have, uh, like Gensel's and, uh, Jake, Jason Zucker's and, um, you know, Russ is still a youngish guy. And they added Kapanen too. Yeah. Kasperi Kapanen. But again, Kasperi Kapanen is not, he's not going to be in the same situation he was with Toronto. So unless he's not playing with Crosby, right? So I don't know. You put him with Malkin, though, who's still pretty good. I mean, obviously, Sid and, and Gino are still very good players, but they're not t- the top five players in the league like they were years ago. And all of a sudden, the farther they get away from that, 
the more things are going to slip for them if they can't find their heir apparent. And I just, I don't, I don't really see it. They don't have that yet. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely, and the same, you know, even with Washington, it's the kind of the same, uh, the same thing. It's like, I don't know if they did anything too inspiring. They're going to get rid of Evgeny Kuznetsov. Who knows what they get back. But I heard of, they were keeping them now. I'm like, this oh, they're keeping them now. Uh, that was the la- last article I read. Well, probably because they know, tried they, to trade him and they couldn't <laughs> or no. Right. Everyone, everyone knew they were trying to get rid of him because he had, had a, you know, a cocaine problem or whatever the fuck is going on. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it's basically the same team. You know, they added Mantha last yep. season and that's really it. Like it's the same team. And the uh, the funny thing is. I would not be surprised at all if Jacob Vrana like ends up breaking out. Yes, it's Detroit and they're still rebuilding, but you know what I mean? Like he'll, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's just the same, it's the same thing and they were less than inspiring and it just doesn't, you know, they're another team that is eventually is there's a reckoning coming, you know? Uh, So either in fairness to them, they haven't tried to do the half-ass rebuild on the fly. They're just going to go with it, but yeah, we'll see. Um, because even if they have some promising guys that they've drafted recently or not so recently, it's just still going to take a while for them to get get to the NHL. So, yeah, again, less than inspiring. So any of those teams, if in even both of them, it is possible they could fall off. Um, am I? Obviously, you've you've heard me say that I do think there it is playoffs or bust for the Rangers because I just think they've made, and I'm, I'm not saying that's my belief. It's more that I think that man, the way the management has mandated it, it's like it almost, it, they're saying it has to happen. And I feel like if it doesn't, it will be a disappointment. So, um, but yeah, again, there's the Islanders. Maybe you could argue there's Carolina. Uh, and then there's probably everyone else, but, and how they see it after that'll be interesting, especially the wild card is going to be a much more, important uh position you know important uh playoff spot this season um is considering some of the teams that are in the atlantic so yeah so you have to grab points where you can and now the rangers obviously get the benefit of going on the road and playing the the detroits and the san jose's and the the anaheim ducks and these teams that are trying to rebuild and flip it around you know so they got to get points on those on those road trips yeah, and you know, for them, I, I think if they, you know, if they go out and they win those games, or at least get them in the overtime when they're on the road, and and gather those types of points, I really do think as long as they maintain a 500 record in their division, I think they'll be fine. And if you look how the Rangers are built, I do think right now during the regular season they're going to be a pain in the ass to play against, especially in the later months of the season, right? The Januarys and. I know February has the huge break, but in the March, when teams are beat up, they're battling injuries, and they don't want to play that physical type of game that you'll eventually see in the playoff. I do think right now the Rangers are built to be a pain in the ass in those later months. And, you know, as the season, you know, you know, uh, you know, in the midst of the season when it's a, a grind just mentally and physically, I hope that the Rangers youth mix, mixed with this, you know, physicality that they now can bring and the fact that they can defend themselves in, in, in a fighting match if they have to, I, you know, I do believe that the Rangers can pull this out. I do think that playoffs are not that crazy of a statement, but I am worried 
the only thing that can stop the Rangers are the other teams like a Pittsburgh, like, you know, Washington, even like a Philadelphia Flyers and Carolina and the Carolina Hurricanes, where if they those teams just go off and just win games constantly on the road and our division just becomes a crapshoot on, uh, you know, of teams, you know, them playing each other and just battling for 500 record within the division. And they and these other teams go off and get all these points on the road and the Rangers, you know, have those little lapses. I'm afraid we're going to be on the outside looking in. So I think it's going to be an interesting season. I, I do like how the Rangers are built. I think it's there's some longevity there, and I think they can be battle tested throughout the season with their, you know, uh, you know, portion of youth and a portion of physical players and, and and experience. I do think they have all the ingredients. It's just it's really a matter of them putting it together on on my end. I don't know what you think about that and how the Rangers are built to to last a full 82 game season this year. Yeah, and I mean, it's again we say this every, every. If you've been listening to this podcast since its inception, we've say this every year. It's like obviously, you the stars are important, but it's gonna go as the the young kids coming into their own go, and that's literally what's gonna make or break them. So their competence, especially of going on these road trips and learning how to on nights you don't have it to play well off the puck and still be a good uh, plus player. You know what I mean? To be, if you're not put in the net, but you're still keeping it out of your own end and that type of thing. So, and you know, I think that's, that'll be the interesting thing with Gerard Gallant is just seeing he's said there's going to be defined roles on this team. And it's going to be up to the players to either embrace them or they can find themselves uh, probably getting shipped out. So, yeah, it is interesting to to think how this might play out, especially the way Rangers fans might see a player. Well, Gerard Gallant might not, and he might put he might project them in a in a role that maybe the player themselves or the fans are like is a waste of their talent. But if he thinks it's how they're going to have the best chance to win, it's what they're going to do. So, and that's probably how they will be the most successful. So, yeah, it's definitely. If the Rangers definitely have the 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 chip on their shoulder now after everything the way things went in the mandate and um, they went out and got the guys they thought would give them more of a pushback mentality and their young stars are not having something to prove and they haven't gotten off to the start they wanted to so they they, def, they, they definitely have the, the team that has the most to prove which is good I think that does benefit them because. Uh, you know, until then there wasn't, it was kind of the slow and steady approach and, oh, well, you know, we're getting there and patience and, you know, getting better every day and yada, yada, yada. We heard that so much over the last three years. Well, no, it's, it's like, let's find out how good you think you actually are. Right. And, uh, that's what I think it comes down for the, to the New York Rangers this season. Let's find out how good you actually think you are. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.